Hi, welcome to The Fringe Following. My name is Ronnie. It is August 30th, 2020. Today we're going to be speaking about Kenosha, Jacob Blake, and Kyle Rittenhouse, and all the riots that are currently happening. And here with me, I have Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hey, Ronnie. What the heck is happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin, huh? What's what's <laughs> going on there? <laughs> A big mess. Um, big well, mess. yeah. So here we have Jacob Blake, uh, another African-American guy who was, um, well, I guess his girlfriend called the police on him, right? Correct. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so I guess the police showed up and... Um, he had a knife on the driver's side of the floorboard. I think they tried to, didn't they try to restrain him at first? Yes. Okay. So how it played out um, was that they, they tried to wrestle him to the ground and then that didn't work. He got up. This is a big guy, um, it, it, you know, a big guy. They tased him. That didn't work. And then, and this has not been revealed much by the media yet. He pulled out a knife. There was actually a knife in his hand. I have um, a picture of that. As he's walking to his car, he has like one of those curved knives in his hand. Mm, yeah. So he actually, they say he was reaching for a knife in his vehicle, but in reality, he he may have been doing that, but he also had a knife in his hand. Right. So, and that so, has just been released recently. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it, and so all of that took place and he still wasn't listening to the cops as they were following him. And then he reaches inside the vehicle and he's still not, um, you know, he's still not stopping what he's doing. They don't know if he's going to reach for a gun, another knife, what, and that's when he got shot. Right. So yeah, I'm reading here in the Milwaukee Journal, he had a knife on his, uh, on the floorboard of his vehicle. Um, so yeah, a little bit of background on Jacob Blake, who's Jacob Blake. Um, so he had a warrant out for his arrest and this, I'm getting this from the New York Post. It was uh, published on August 28th. Um, and it says here, the cops involved in the shooting of Jacob Blake, which touched off a very fresh wave of angry anti-police sentiment across the country, were attempting to arrest him for violating a restraining order stemming from an alleged sexual assault. The Post has learned. Blake, 29, was forbidden from going to the Kenosha home of his alleged, vic- alleged victim for the May 3rd incident. And police were dispatched Sunday following a 911 call saying he was there. The officers were aware he had an open warrant, according to dispatch records, though it's not clear if they knew the specific allegations um, of violence. So it says he was paralyzed in the shooting. Um, he had been handcuffed to the hospital bed due to the warrant, mm-hmm. which was vacated Friday, according to a statement released by his lawyer, Benjamin Crump. Yeah, so, what, what happened with that is they actually posted bail for him, which was how mm-hmm. the handcuffs got released. So some have said that they dropped the charges and that's how it got released. No, he, he po- they posted bail for him. That's why he's no longer in handcuffs. Right. So, yeah, I guess he sexually assaulted his girlfriend. And um, I'm not going to read what <laughs> how that took place. It's really kind of gross. Um, and then that uh, she told police she was upset, but collected herself and then allegedly ran out the front door after Blake. Then she realized her car was missing and checked her purse and saw that the keys were missing and then uh, called 911. So, um, right. 
And uh, let's see. So the alleged victim told the cops she'd known him for eight years and claims that he physically assaults her around twice a year when he drinks heavily. Police filed charges against him for felony sexual assault, trespassing domestic abuse in July when a warrant was uh, issued for his arrest. And then on Sunday, within three minutes of responding to the 911 call, Blake was shot seven times in the back as he attempted to get to get into his car. So um, that's the story. That's what happened. And mm-hmm. of course, this this fails to say. I think this was before they found the knife, so this was published. And then I think what usually you kind of have to give a news cycle when something new comes out. You gotta wait a few days because there's always new information. Not unless you're a protester. You, you should just come out <laughs> there and start protesting whether you know the truth or not. My God, this was a black man right. shot in the back seven times. So, yes. yeah. We're going to post an article from the Police Tribune. I guess we can argue how great of a source they are, but it does show a picture in his in his hand of that curved knife and an actual picture of the knife that they think that he, he had. And also it says that the DOJ, and this was published, it says Wisconsin DOJ confirms Jacob Blake was armed when he was shot. This was published on four days ago. So uh, probably the 27th, I'm thinking. And then I haven't been able to find much confirmation of that in the news media, like CNN and just... CBS and NBC. I, I haven't been able to find much confirmation. That's kind of puzzling, you know, Ronnie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. Yes. So, um, yeah. So what I, uh, let's see, this was, I think, uploaded on YouTube on August 27th. So I'm assuming that Jacob Blake's parents were um, interviewed that day on CNN by Don Lemon my favorite anchor in the entire world. Um, and I'm being facetious. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're going to hear this uh, interview. It's about uh, two minutes long. Uh, and I think it surprised Don Lemon. And you know how over at CNN, they're always trying to, you know, um, uh, support, you know, anti-Trump and the riots and they're, you know, they're, you know how they are over there. So I'm going to go ahead and play this clip because it's actually very revealing. Um, so of course, after this, you know, shooting of Jacob Blake happened, you know, of course, all these riots broke out in Kenosha. So anyway, I'm going to play this clip right now. Uh, and in Kenosha, I heard you, you speak about that. And my question is, you said that you don't want that in Jacob's name and neither would he. Tell me more about that, please. Absolutely not. My family and I are very hurt. And quite frankly, disgusted. And as his mother, please don't burn up property and cause havoc and tear your own homes down. In my son's name. You shouldn't do it. People shouldn't do it anyway. But to use my child or any other mother or father's child, our tragedy, to react in that manner is just not acceptable. 
And it's not helping Jacob. It's not helping Jacob or any other of the men or women who has suffered in these areas. Do you have anything to say, Ms. Jackson, to the politicians who are out there or anything you want to say? To the presidents or the candidates or to Trump or Biden or anything like that? For, for our President Trump, um, first I want to say a family member, and I don't know if it was heard or not, said something that was um, not kind. She is hurting, and um, I do apologize for that. Our outburst that does not reflect um, our behavior. And then also for President Trump, um, I'm sorry I missed your call because had I not missed your call, maybe the comments that you made would have been different. And I'm not mad at you at all. Hmm. I have most respect for you as the leader of our country. Um, Like I said before, and I'm not saying this to him directly, we should always get the details from the right source before we start throwing bricks. Okay, so, all right, so there you have it. Um, and, wow. and, you know, you could hear when, you know, he was sp- speaking about President Trump in such a more positive light. Don Lemon, you know, he can kind of have this look on his face. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and he goes, Huh, you know, and yeah. you could tell what they're thinking. Um, they didn't expect they they didn't expect them to respond like that. You're you're thinking, right? They look like very well dressed, respectable African American mm-hmm. parents, and they're devastated that their child is paralyzed. And I'm sure they were, you know, probably not very happy that their son was a criminal. Um, no, yeah. no, and maybe they didn't want to get on the wrong side of it when some of the truth comes out. Um, I, the cops are coming to someone's home for a domestic disturbance. And when are the cops most likely to get injured or shot? It's in a domestic disturbance call. Yes. So they're going there. They don't know what's happening. They don't know who's at fault, who's really at fault. Because even though the girlfriend called them, she could be the one that's in the wrong. They have no idea. So all they're trying to do is restrain both people and get to the bottom of the story to preserve peace and order. And then this man is not allowing them to restrain him. And they tried on several occasions, you know, even like LeBron James says, well, they should have tried something first. And, you know, I, I heard <laughs> they did, <laughs> they, they did, they, they really did. And if you looked at all the videos, not just the one showing the seven shots in the back, cause there were several different angles. I mean, not only that, his girlfriend screaming at him to stand down, his there, I, I don't know if it's girlfriend's mom or his mom screaming at him to stand down. And he has his kids in the vehicle. 
So what type of father would be doing that in front of his kids, wanting his kids to see the cops take him down? Why wouldn't he, why would he want his kids to even see that? How does he even care about his children at that point Mm -hmm. if he's involving them with this? They could get hurt as well if a gun is pulled and they have to take him down. His kids could be collateral damage. And then that would be a whole nother story and a whole nother protest But aside from that, he was not complying with what they were asking him. And when a cop asks you to comply, you comply. That's how it's done here in America. And I just don't understand why he continued to walk away. And then he gets shot. And then everyone's pissed off at the cops because it was a white cop and a black man. But if you look at the videos, there was nothing racially charged about it. He was not complying. If he had been white, green, gold, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. He, it would have been the same outcome. And you can't expect a cop, oh, yeah, just get in your car and reach in. And, oh, yeah, I'm just getting my coupons here. And then, bam, and blow up, you know, blow. Mm-hmm. The, the, then he's got a gun and he's shot the cop. You know, that is just so ridiculous. And the fact that it caused so much upheaval again, and they're ringing the racist bell again, I'm just like, oh my gosh, when is this? And you and I both know this is happening across the country to, you know, even white people, Um, you know, white criminals, uh, white criminals fighting with the cops. I mean, it probably happens more often than we even know. Right, right. Yes. More, more often than we even know. I know. And in actuality, more cops are shot dead and, and, and are shot and injured than unarmed black and white suspects combined every year in America. I don't have the statistics in front of me. I will find them and post them on our site. But it's they are at greater risk of being injured in this than, you know, statistically than the actual unarmed suspect because right. he may actually have you know, may actually have something. Not only that, they're not reporting that he did have a gun. And I'm I'm seeing pictures, which I will post on our site. And it definitely looks like it's a knife. No, it's not a gun, but still he had a weapon that he wasn't giving up. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. oh, I, I just, uh, I can't believe it. (laughs) So, right. So now now you have more riots, more buildings burning down, more looting. Mm -hmm. And then of course, uh, I don't know how many days this happened before, Entered in Kyle Rittenhouse, the seventeen-year-old. It was. Uh, it happened on the twenty-third, and Kyle came along the scene on. Let me look really quick on my calendar because it was a Tuesday, 25th. the twenty-fifth. Yeah, two days mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. Two days. So who is who is um, Kyle Rittenhouse? Um, so I, I what I did is I took from different sources, and the reason I did this is because. Um, you know, the way the Washington Post will write about somebody like that is very different from, say, what, uh, here was another article from the Gateway Pundit, which, and the Gateway Pundit is an online uh, news resource. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I would say they have more, I don't know if, it, if, it's, if it's a middle way or more of a conservative way, but I would say uh, maybe a little bit more trustworthy than what the Washington Post says. But um, here on the Gateway Pundit, it was it says here, and this was published on uh, August 28th, Kyle Rittenhouse was working as a lifeguard in Kenosha the day of the shooting, went to clean vandalism 
at school after work. And uh, he's a community lifeguard. He was working in Kenosha the day of the shooting. Um, this simple fact destroys the narrative being peddled by the mainstream media that he had crossed state lines to harm the rioters. In a statement by Rittenhouse's legal team at Pierce Bainbridge provided to the Gateway Pundit, they explained that after Kyle finished his work that day as a community lifeguard in Kenosha, he wanted to help clean up some of the damage. So he and a friend went to the local public high school to remove graffiti by rioters. Um, mm-hmm. Additionally, the weapon Rittenhouse was using to protect himself and others never crossed state lines. And during the day, they received information about a call for help from a local business owner whose downtown Kenosha auto dealership was largely destroyed by mob violence. This statement continues. Business owner needed help to protect what he had left of his life's work, including two nearby mechanics shops. Kyle and a friend armed themselves with rifles due to the deadly violence gripping Kenosha and many other American cities and headed to the business premises. The weapons were in Wisconsin and never crossed state lines. So when Rittenhouse arrived at the mechanic shop, he and others stood guard to prevent further destruction. Later that night, after the 8 p.m. curfew had passed, the police began to disperse a group of rioters. His lawyer, John M. Pierce, explains that while dispersing the mob, they were maneuvered a mass of individuals down the street towards the auto shops. Rittenhouse and the others were threatened and taunted, but he did not react. His intent was to not incite violence, but simply to detour property damage and use his training to provide first aid to injured community members, Pierce says. Mm-hmm. So let's see, after the situation seemed to be diffused, Rittenhouse became increasingly concerned about people who were injured at the gas station. So he went in that direction with his first aid kit. He helped those he could find who were injured either by administering aid or directing them which way to go for help beyond what he could offer. The statement says that by the final time that Rittenhouse returned to the gas station and confirmed there were no more injured individuals who need assistance, police had advanced their formation and blocked what would have been his path back to the mechanic shop. Kyle then complied with the police instructions not to go back there. He returned to the gas station until he learned of a need to help protect the second mechanic shop further down the street where property destruction was imminent with no police uh, were, were nearby. Mm-hmm. So as he proceeds towards the second mechanic shop, he was accosted by multiple riders who recognized that he'd been attempting to protect a business the mob wanted to destroy. This outraged the rioters and created a mob now determined to hurt Kyle. They began chasing him down. Kyle attempted to get away, but he could not do so quickly enough. Upon the sound of a gunshot behind him, Kyle turned and was immediately faced with an attacker lunging towards him and reaching for his rifle. He reacted instantaneously and justifiably with his weapon to protect himself, firing and striking the attack. The attacker Pierce explains. Wow. Uh, I like that. I like that coverage. Which, which article was that again? That was, that seemed that was from the gateway pundit. Now, if you look up Washington post, which I despise, I think out of all the, (laughs) uh, except for maybe the daily beast, which I, 
absolutely. Uh, I, yeah. New York they, Times is on my list. They're, they are the New York Times is bad, but Washington Post really them. irks me. Okay. But if you if you get on the Washington Post, which I'm trying to pull up right I now, I tried to do and they blocked me because I had to buy some something. I you know <laughs> yeah I read an article. Let me read it earlier today, but now it won't let me back in. I'm just gonna it. take a little ex- excerpt of it because okay. you know it's it just says uh, here before he took his rifle and drove 20 miles up the road to confront <laughs> the unrest in Kenosha. Did he really? Say that? Oh my God! It really says that here, and it was published August twenty seventh, Washington Post. Okay. Um, So yeah, before he took his rifle and drove twenty miles up the road to confront the unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Kyle Rittenhouse seemingly idolized one thing: the police. Uh, Growing up in Chicago's far northern suburbs, a seventeen-year-old shadowed local law enforcement filled his social media feeds with posts declaring that Blue Lives Matter and photos of himself posing with guns. So as you can see, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's definitely a different tone. And whereas the gateway pundits kind of making him look like he was compliant, he was helping, he was defending himself and the Washington post. Oh, he, he idolizes police. You know, uh, he's a gun lover, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. They, they're really trying to paint him as some sort of rabble rouser. Now, you know, is he a saint? No, probably not. And, you know, it will come out. There's a few things that I read about him. Can't remember which article I read so many, but that he's a high school dropout. Also that he tried to join the military. I can't remember the branch. I think it was Marines, but I'm not hundred percent sure. And it was decided for reasons undisclosed that he would, would not be able to qualify to get into the military. And, and when they interviewed the the uh, recruiter, she said she couldn't comment on why that mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Could be a variety of different reasons. It could be anything. It could be health. He could have been too heavy. Could have there could have been a health condition. Yeah, you never right, know. Right, right. And and we and hopefully we'll never know that. Hopefully they do keep his privacy yeah, in there. He's and, too yeah. young. He's still a kid. Right. Know? Exactly. So, and I'm not defending his actions oh, I know. per se. Yeah. However, the way the the way the Gateway Pundit makes it sound like he was defending himself, and the way the Washington Post makes it sound like he was just a bloodthirsty kid, you know, obsessed with the police and obsessed with guns, and you know, so to me, somewhere in the middle is the truth. Somewhere in there is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I really like I said in the last podcast, I'm actually, and I had told you before we started. Um, this recording today mm-hmm. is I'm afraid that we are on the brink of civil war. We have um, what, how many days till election? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't have the count, but it's right. So a little over 60 days yep. maybe mm-hmm. or something. And um, you know, it just seems like it's getting worse. And then just last night in Portland, a Trump supporter was murdered and I don't have the details because it just happened. Just happened. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. And you, anyhow, um, the thing about the Washington Post article, and hopefully if you go to it, they won't make you pay to look, pay to play, but there is a video on there. And, and maybe I could find the video someplace else, but it is on um, the Washington Post um, in their article. And if you click on it, it shows the actual footage of Kyle and him talking to reporters because there were reporters asked out there asking him what he was doing with the gun. And it shows actually the altercations. Now, the first altercation is really far away and it's really hard to tell what happened there. There may be other videos that break on that because, you know, everything's recorded these these, these days with cell phones, mobile phones. So in addition, 
the cops, I, I told Ronnie earlier, it made me cry. The cops were thanking them for protecting these businesses. Now, of course, the media, I read an article, they're saying, yeah, the cops were thanking them and they should have been home due to curfew. Okay, well, so should have all the other rioters. And if the police, if it's so overwhelming in Kenosha that the police there can't maintain law and order, then isn't it anybody's right to protect their own property accordingly? And if they legally can have guns, now people said that Kyle's 17, he by law, he shouldn't have had a gun. But that is a misdemeanor crime as opposed to the murder crimes that he's been charged with. And when you look at it all, and when he fell down, he shot two other people. And the when you read like some of the press coverage, they say, oh, people were trying to get the gun out of his hands. Yeah, so they could kill him and beat him to fucking death or take the gun and shoot him back. He Mm -hmm. was protecting himself. The mob was running after him at that point. He did fall. He tripped or whatever. And I'm sure, you know, I'd do the same damn thing if a mob was running after me. And he did what he had to do. There were people that were going to attack him. He had to protect himself. Now, I guess one could argue he should have said, stop or I'll shoot. I mean, Maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll see when the court comes out. But it's not when I saw this video over everything else, all the news coverage. But when I saw the actual video of what happened, even though it was on a site that is condemning him, all I saw was a kid protecting the property. And then he got involved with some of the violence in while he was protecting that property. He had a gun. Had he not had the gun, the story would have been that he was probably killed. And that's what we'd be talking about. Or we wouldn't be talking about it because the press wouldn't even report that a white kid killed by Antifa terrorists. No, that's, that's fine. But you know, reverse it that one of their special protesters are getting shot then by a white kid, then yeah, that is going to be splashed over everywhere. And it's it's so frustrating. It's such an unfair recollection of those events. I encourage mm-hmm. everyone to watch that video and we will post it. Hopefully you can get on. If not, try to YouTube the actual footage, not what the press shows you. And it's all just what Kyle was saying and doing. And I just, I don't... I didn't see him as a gun worshiper, law and order worshiper, person that was going to be a hothead and go off and shoot things. I saw him as someone protecting the the property and he, you know, got involved with some of the violence there and he kept saying too that he was an EMT. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. He was a lifeguard. I think they have to have certain training for that. Um, but he was trying to be helpful. But he was young maybe misguided in some of the ways he wanted to help and maybe a little bit too, you know, thinking he's nothing's going to happen to him. But I I don't see him as someone that was out for blood. I don't see that at all. I don't either. I think he was, you know, trying to be the, the, uh, well, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say hero. He was trying to help. No, I don't even see him with a hero complex. Oh, I'm going to shoot them down. I I didn't see him with a swagger. I didn't see him with an ego. I just saw him as someone honestly wanting to help and probably was in the wrong place at the wrong time with that damn gun. And Mm -hmm. this is what transpired. But I I, I really do believe it was. But I I, I hate to think what would happen if he didn't have that gun and he he wasn't able to defend himself. I mean, Lord knows he'd probably be in the hospital. Yes, Um, or dead. But yes, in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's unfortunate those, you know, those, what, how many individuals died too? 
two and one was injured. One got right. shot in the arm or hand or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's so I see Trump is going to Kenosha yep. to uh, survey the damage. And so I'm, I, I'm on Twitter right now and I, I see a comment by, put out by somebody on August 29th. And, uh, you know, this is, this is what the uh, other side of, of the people who look at this very differently are saying. Um, this is just a, you know, just a guy on Twitter. Uh-huh. And he says, Trump is going to Kenosha to stir up trouble. He doesn't want peace. His campaign strategy is this law and order bullshit. He wants riots and violence. And then he could say, look, you aren't safe because of Democrats. We've never seen anything like this. Mm, Yeah, I'm going to disagree, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Trump has repeatedly told these cities that are that are, you know, Portland and um, when Minneapolis broke out and he told them, look, Hey, it's up to you. I'm going to send out the National Guard. All you have to do is call. And Portland is, has been stubborn as hell. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Minneapolis did finally do that, right? Um, not sure what happened in Kenosha, but you know what? It, it is up to the states because if he started sending in the military to every city, he would look like a dictator. And this is how the media would spin it. That is why he hasn't done that. And he has left it up to the states to make that call. And, you know, if you're just listening and you totally think that we're all full of shit, riddle me how these protests that are violent and tearing up cities just happens in Democratic-led states and Democratic-led mayors. Just answer me that one question. Because... It doesn't happen in Republican-led states and Republican-led no. cities. It, right. it just doesn't. So how does this even make sense? Do you see that if it's being it's being allowed, they're not letting that happen. In, they're shutting it down. It doesn't even get to the point where things are getting destroyed because they're actually doing what a city is supposed to do. And, you know, I've brought this up before, but how in the world did Chaz or Chad even exist if that damn freaking ass mayor didn't allow <laughs> that to happen? I'm sorry. I don't hear that happening in, oh, God, name a Republican city. I can't even think of one right now. But, you know, that did not happen in a Republican-led city. That happened in a Democratic-led city. You let them take over. You had the resources. You pulled them back for whatever reason. I think it's political, but for whatever reason, that's what you've done. And Portland, where it's all peaceful protests, and then I see all of these videos and pictures of Portland and shambles. I used to live there. I know what Portland looks like, and it doesn't look like that anymore. It is it is completely torn up, and it is very very sad. And mm-hmm. again, it's a it's a democratic led place. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, just justify that to me, please. Just that one thing, because <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't, how you can't see how skewed all of this is. I just, yeah. And you heard, did you hear about Ted Wheeler? I think it's, it's Ted Wheeler. Uh, no, the mayor so. of Portland, you know, he's been supporting, let me see, let me back check here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mayor of Portland, you know, he's been supporting, you know, these riots. He's been supporting these quote unquote peaceful protesters and they were outside of his uh i believe his residence raising all kinds of hell the other night <laughs> wanting him to resign the, the protesters 
wanting him to resign. And he's the one that's been uh, <laughs> supporting this whole thing. It's a mess. It's like, uh, these aren't just protesters. They're, they're anarchists. You that know, they're, is true. That's right. I actually yeah. saw footage and this was a while back. This was actually a few weeks ago where the mayor is walking through the city and they're yelling and throwing things at him and telling him to resign. And he was doing it in, in support of the protesters. I mean, that just blows my mind how hardcore you must stick to, you know, whatever you're sticking to, to allow these people to totally treat you like that. And you're trying to help them. It's just, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, we're still, I don't know what's going to be happening in Kenosha or Portland tonight, but I just don't feel like it's over yet. Uh, no. I don't, I, you, you had said earlier that Kenosha is still going on with the riots, right? Cause we were talking about that. It is, but it's hard to discern. First of all, it is the weekend. And like we've discussed, weekends <laughs> are really poor for news. Yeah. And there was a peaceful protest that went on yesterday and it was kind of funny. I was reading and, you know, I do want to apologize. Sometimes I read these things and I'm, and I'm not always going to get the sources for every single thing I pick up on because I don't think it's it's something I'm going to bring up in the podcast. And that's like, oh, later, yeah, I got to pull that. But there were actual people that I think that Trump is out there or the feds are out there because people are getting pulled in unmarked vehicles and put into jail cells, they said, with with you know, four, at least 14 people in there. And they're, they're crying. Nobody knows where we're at. And they're protesting, you know, probably after curfew when they shouldn't be anyway, and they're getting grabbed up. This is why Trump doesn't go in everywhere, because if they did that, then it's turned around that he's the fascist and he's the dictator. And, you know, there's also was talk of a meals place from, I think it was Portland or Seattle that it's like meals for protesters or, or something, riot kitchen, mm-hmm. something like that. They got arrested as well. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, and supposedly they were really peaceful as well. But we're, again, once again and always, we're only hearing one side of the story. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's why you have to kind of hunt around online and find, you know, new sources like uh, the Epic Times or Gateway Pundit or um, – you know, I, I is it Gateway Pundit or True Pundit? Well, there's True Pundit is one of them, and the Gateway Pundit is another. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. And then, so as soon as we are, you know, finished talking of the riots, I do have an article to read about the, uh, you know, President Trump's uh, RNC speech, and before that, Ivanka Trump came on. So, whenever we're ready, I'll, I'll go ahead and read that just to kind of close the the show because it, it definitely shows a side <laughs> of these journalists, you know, that they're, they're just ridiculous. Um, so no, I, I agree. I agree. I just pulled up the gateway pundit and it had that, uh, COVID article that we were discussing about this week's CDC quietly updated COVID-19 numbers. Only 9,210 Americans died from COVID-19 alone. Rest had different other serious illnesses. So we're not going to discuss that today, but we are aware. Just want to make our our listeners aware. We're aware of that. We will be covering that, but um, I need to get all my bases straight because I posted something today and got eaten alive by the- <laughs> I don't want to believe that. <laughs> oh yeah. I brought it up to some friends and I had some good laughs, but we'll, we'll address all that later. We will address all that later and in great detail because this is huge. This actually is like the biggest story of the year, in my opinion. That means that, well, if you just start tracing it back, that means this whole thing that we've been doing all year has been a big hoax, but 
you know, none of the mainstream media is covering it. I I can't find it anywhere, you know. Oh, this is, and this is mainstream media. So if we're ready to wrap it up, I can read this uh, article by the Daily Wire. Did you have something else you wanted to say about the riots or? There was one thing and I, and I posted this, by the way, always go back to our Facebook page, which is um, the French following on Facebook. You can find us there. And um, I'm going to try to post uh, as many sources as I can um, to back up what we're saying, because we're encouraging you to do your own research. So we want to show you ours. And if you want to compare, you know, you could even put comments in there with different articles that counter it. That is fine. We love opposition so that we can know the full story because that's really what we're about. We're not pro-Trump, pro-conservative, as much as just getting to the bottom of the story. And as like Ronnie said earlier, usually it's somewhere in the middle. (laughs) It is. It it is. But yeah, when I find, but, but, but right now, if you are looking at the mainstream media, Mm -hmm. you don't think that it's mainly anti-Trump. You're living under a rock. And here's, here's an example. So uh, last week we had a very long uh, speech by Trump, which I thought was pretty good. A little long though. I was like, okay, Trump, let's uh, wrap it up. But it was good. And, but before that, his daughter Ivanka Trump introduced him. And so in, in the speech she had, she spoke of her, her son, Joseph building a white house out of Legos. Okay. And so she's talking about this house, White House made of Legos to give to uh, his grandfather. And so what happens is they hear this from Ivanka Trump, the journalists do, mainstream media, and the journalists seriously question if Trump's grandson built a Lego White House. So I'll read this story. This was published on the Daily Wire. Okay. Um, So it says, during her speech at the RNC on Thursday night, White House advisor Ivanka Trump recalled her son, Joseph, building the White House out of Legos upon his grandfather's entry into the Oval Office. So when Jared and I moved with our three children to Washington, we didn't exactly know what we were in for, but our kids loved it from the start, she said. My son, Joseph, promptly built Grandpa a Lego replica of the White House. The president still displays it on the mantle in the Oval Office and shows it to world leaders just so that they know he has the greatest grandchildren on earth. So (laughs) uh, so apparently this submission was too much for some journalists who then promptly began to question whether or not she falsified the story. Business Insider went so far as to enlist as many as two reporters, Sarah Al-Arshani and Jacob Shamsian to thoroughly explore the alleged quote-unquote scandal. The story resembles another one Ivanka Trump has told about herself as Andrea Bernstein, a WYNC reporter, said on Twitter, reported Business Insider. According to American oligarchs, a book Bernstein wrote about the Trump and Kushner families, Mm -hmm. Ivanka said in a 2007 interview with Conan O'Brien that she built a logo replica of Trump Tower for her dad. She also said her brothers had contradicted her and each of them claiming to have built the Lego Tower. So Bernstein also said the story was plagiarized from The Art of the Deal, President Trump's best-selling book, Ghost (laughs) Ghost written by Tony Schwartz. Oh my God, over a stupid-ass Lego way. Schwartz told Bernstein that the story was probably made up. Indeed, shortly after this non-story 
gained traction, Ivanka Trump posted to social media a photo of President Trump and his grandson with the Lego model. Um, Though it was conclusively proven that Joseph Trump built the Lego model, these journalists then began to question whether or not Trump actually kept the White House Lego model on display in the (laughs) Oval Office. Oh, God. Our reporters (laughs) are in the Oval Office nearly every day. None of them have ever seen the Lego White House, tweeted Alex Wayne of Bloomberg. And uh, recent photos show there's no Lego White House replica on the Oval Office mantelpiece, tweeted Jacob Shamsian. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, they, you know, I'm, I'm reading off some Twitters that's published in this article on the Daily Wire. And then a photo quickly began circulating of the White House Lego model on the table behind Trump's desk, putting the scandal to rest. So <laughs> Carolina Hurley Uh, tweeted out, I absolutely cannot believe that reporters are really trying to cast doubt on the validity of a six-year-old gift to his grandfather. Be better. I'm surprised it's not Lego gate and he's not, you know, getting. That's what um, they, I think that's what they called it, Lego gate. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe this? So anybody who's surrounding Trump, even his, even his six-year-old grandson takes heat, you know, takes heat just because they're, he's associated with them. I mean, I can't believe it. And this is the media. This is the media. That's okay because it's okay to hate Trump and anything having to do with Trump. Along yeah. it. It, it's, it's okay. It's acceptable. It's absolutely, we're not allowed to hate much of anything anymore. Everything is pretty much, you, you're going to be, you know, crossing the lines, you know, you're not going to be pr- politically correct, but it is definitely unequivocally a hundred percent, 200 percent okay to bag on anything about Trump. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there you go. It's just, it's okay. And, (laughs) you know, it just drives me insane. It just, yeah, I, I think that is so ridiculous. So somebody actually spent their time writing this article and researching it. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they tried to find him in any, any omission or lie or anything in any turn, including a Lego white house in, in his oval office. It's just incredible. Yeah. Okay. So I did find this article about the, it's in the Guardian, which as you and I both know is, is highly leftist, but it was about how National Guard and federal agents were deployed to Kenosha, which is probably why it's calmed down. It pretty much, the cops said the very next day it had calmed down after Tuesday by Wednesday it had calmed down. But mm-hmm. now um, they also sent, um, some feds in and there's, you know, people crying about being shoved into unmarked cars and transported jail cells, holding as many as 14 people without ever being charged with a crime. What if no one knew I was in there? What if no one knew we were alive? Okay. So I'm going to post this as well, but yeah, this is, you know, just to back up my statement earlier, I want to be good with my sources, but Also, what I wanted to say, and I forgot to say it earlier, is if you Google Antifa, if you put in Antifa.com, it redirects you to a Joe Biden site to... (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And supposedly they're they're not connected at all politically. So (laughs) what the fuck is that? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's a weird world we're living in right now. 
and in plain sight, but no one sees it. No one seems to care about that. Really think about this, this anti-fascist group that's attacking and is organized and they are being bussed in from other cities and states to riot. And they're and some of them are even getting paid and bricks oh, yeah. conveniently left near buildings with lots of glass, pallets of bricks show up out of nothing. And yeah, it, and Antifa is an organization yet when you Google Antifa and look up Antifa.com, it takes you to Joe Biden. To, to to contribute money, that's the first thing they say. So it, I guess it's inferred, you know, that, you know, you, you support Biden, you're supporting Antifa. I can't see how any other inference could be made from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Can you, Ronnie? I, I, I just, no. No. Mm-mm. But it's okay. You know, just like it's okay that, you know, Hillary Clinton told Joe Biden that under any circumstances that shouldn't concede. If, you know, if Trump wins the numbers, that's, that's Mm -hmm. great too. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, it is a strange world we're living in. I agree. I agree. And I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, you know, like I was telling you today, Ronnie, we have lots of information to keep us going. We could be doing this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we still wouldn't be covering everything. That's, that's important news. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah exactly I know there's just way too much going on so but anyway we really we really appreciate you listening and if you if you could please comment and please rate us no matter what you rate us it just helps us and also if you can um, subscribe that would be wonderful as well we, we really need subscribers to help us and um, because it will help our rankings in iTunes and other podcasts, the more um, subscribers that we get. And we really appreciate you listening. And again, you know, if you agree, disagree, find us on our Facebook page or make comments on the iTunes page, wherever you want. And, you know, we might even answer or respond in a follow-up podcast. Um, we're not opposed to we're, us. We're unlike the media. We're not opposed to anything to contradict our narrative. We don't really have a narrative per se. We're just trying to find out what the true story is. And thank you again. And this is Michelle from French Falling and Ronnie. Yep. That's exactly right. I agree with you. We are trying to get to the bottom of the truth and thank you for listening and we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.